Welcome back in. Thank you so much for joining us on the Doc Talk podcast. My name is Chris alongside Mr. Darren Cryle. Darren, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be in studio with these guys. Fantastic. Speaking of studios, we are sitting in the dark. We are it's, sitting It's not that you uh, didn't pay your electricity bill. <laughs> We're purposely doing that. We're also in the dark with Mr. Kevin Dakota. Kevin, up? good We're, to see you again. When I think you, you should say is we're literally physically in a dark room. We are in a dark we room. We aren't in the dark. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Before we get started, guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram at podcastdoctalk. Definitely want to see you there. Continue to uh, grow our numbers. Also, make sure to leave a five-star uh, review on uh, wherever you get your podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We uh, see those every week continuing to grow, and we love it. Thank you guys so much. And buy some merch. Buy some merch, too. We do have merch available on our website at DocTalkPodcast.com. Uh, that is going pretty quick. We're almost out of our first order, which is great. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Well, Darren, should we get started here, man? Yes, we should. Awesome. We've got Mr. Mike Muto from Submission Fishing. Mike, good to see you, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Absolutely. You really go excited. by Muto, so we'll, we'll get that out of yeah. the way. The reason, you know, there's just so many Mikes, like in the world. Just, it's easier, right? You go by your last name. I've done it for so long, and anywhere you go, especially in fishing, blue collar world, like we're everywhere. You say Mike, everybody. Especially turns if you around, played sports so. in high yeah, school, you no. start going by your last name for the rest. Yeah, of that your was life. too. You know, I played ball and all that, so I'm used to it. Yeah, so Muto's good. Excellent, excellent. Well, you brought. I mean, let's get into it. You brought some goodies. They're all laid out. All across the desk, all across the studio, and the reason why we're in the dark is because they are all glowing. Kevin, you are charging them them up, and they look pretty badass, man. Yeah, so right now we're sitting in front of um, the product that Submission Fishing Company, um, they produce, and it's a lot of slow-pitch jigs. Um, pretty much everything here you see is a slow-pitch jig. It's called yep. a slow-death jig, um, and the great thing about them is that uh, Submission Fishing Company specifically makes everything from bass to bluefin. You got 20 gram, you know, we got the Sumo and the Assassin, that's the two different models, in 20 gram through uh, 40 and 60 gram. And then you have all the way up to 400 and all the way 400, 500, 600 gram jigs, the, uh, the Samurai and the Ogre, which are like giant bluefin jigs that are going to get you down super duper fast, beat everyone down to the bite zone. And then stay there and actually fish it and pitch it, which Mike's going to explain right. a lot more. So, or, sorry, Muto. Um, and then in the middle, we have a 130 gram to 220 gram, the Javelins, which are just great for everything. Um, I mean, very excellent uh, sand bass jigs and also uh, rockfish yeah, yellow jigs. Yellowfin. Yellowfin. Dorado. Dorado. Yeah. Yeah. Everything and, and Mike's, you know, mute to mute, mute. Sorry, Muto. You call I, me gosh, don't, it's okay. Yeah. Don't yeah. you know See? him? I know. I, my goodness. That's the one time I get to actually say his first name on radio. So. <laughs> <laughs> Since um, I'm the only Mike here, I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we can kick Kevin out. It's, yeah, okay. it's probably okay this time. We'll, see, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> He's good for now. Send me, yeah. send me a little up here. Am I clear? Yeah. All right. Never sound mind then. Good, I just want to sound like deeper. Like, you know, I'm sounding like a little kid right now on my, my, hear, my headphones. No? You're hearing your real self. Oh, man. That's what I sound like? <laughs> <laughs> you know the, you know those memes, like, when you hear yourself for the first time? Yep. You're, mm. yeah, that feel like that, right? Uh, now. Yeah. Dang. That's how good this new this soundboard you got, man. It's kick butt. It's good. Yeah. So, 
Anyways, I could talk my pants off about this stuff. You want me to keep going? But well, I got I got a question right here. Yes, sir. So I'm assuming this would be the top side or whatever side you you call this. You're looking Smooth. at the samurai. Yep. Yeah. The bottom side has been um, milled out with, right. the, with this design here. What does this help, What does this do in the water when you're dropping it? That's so the action of the samurai, it, it kind of rolls and it twists as it goes. So you get the flash from the bottom. And a lot of it with like the riffles cut out and stuff like that is a lot of it has to do with um, changing the pressure in the water. You know, fish feel everything with like their lateral lines and stuff like that. It really it's um, like a sixth sense that all fish have. All right. fish have it. They detect vibrations, the pressure changes. Um, and that's one of the things that really accentuates that is, you know, the twisting and the basically this the disruption in the water. Um, so that's what makes that one special. Every, you know, jig kind of has its own different fall. Instead of just having one slow pitch jig, you could have multiple jigs that have they just excel at different things. So if you want something a little more, you know, erratic and pushing more water and a little right. more disruptive, yeah, yeah, that's the way to go. And then it, gotcha. it so it just helps with the fall. And and the weight rating is more of a a way to justify um, or or to to really pinpoint a place you want to settle in at as far as depth control. That's the weight. The weight, in my opinion, is what it's supposed to do. Yeah, the the weight. You know, you get the bigger jig with the weight, but you're absolutely right. The weight primarily is getting you where you need to be the fastest. So slow pitch jigging, it's different than uh, like speed jigging or knife jigging. When you're dealing with a slow pitch jig, you, you're going to work a specific zone. Um, but when you lift it up, it go, the whole idea is that it goes horizontal. It's center balanced. Um, it's asymmetrical. So when you lift it, it'll go with its side, and that's when it does its work. So the weight is designed to get you where you need to go right at a certain time so if the current's high um it's super deep that's when you adjust the size so if, you know you got to tuna hundreds of feet down that's where the 600 jigs 600 gram jigs come in because they're you, gonna get you that. guys all know that the first person down usually gets the bite right that's one, right, one yeah. or two fish when you when the captain says they're they're underneath they're not boiling you guys send down is like two fish go and then they leave and it, right. it's usually whoever got it down there the, the fastest yeah and then the idea is so you get it down and then you can work it in the zone. So the weight gets you down. And same with rock fishing, too. If, you know, certain depths to get down there before you so drifting I'm, out. I'm assuming the samurai is tuna based, right? Um, yeah. And then pretty, pretty much anything. But any any predatory fish will eat any of these. But for the, that size, yeah, a big, big tuna is so, going to eat that. Well, thing. I want to go over the differences between that, the ogre, the assassin, and the javelin. So, yeah. I mean, the ogre... What would you use that for? It's the same thing. Both the, really? uh, the samurai, yeah, and, and the um, ogre. So okay. they're both. These ones are geared towards the larger bluefin, but they're so different because that way you have different presentations. So we've, we've got two different jigs, two different styles that do the same goal. But sometimes they want a more erratic fall and a shorter presentation. Sometimes they want that long one that slides out further horizontally. So it just depends what the bite is. Right. Know? Yeah. My Mita, before I forget, did you talk to Shrek before you called this thing the ogre? <laughs> I didn't. I should have. I just I needed something menacing, you know, like yeah, just kind of unrefined bruising. I mean, that just kind of summed it up. That's cool. I should have made a green one. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that, but I get too many colors. Hey, there's still time. Yeah, we got yeah. plenty of time. Plenty. Yeah. Of time. We'll find Absolutely. out what the fish like, you know. Yeah, it's, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Muto, how did you get into slow pitch fishing? 
Well, what draws that to you? Um, you know, when I got into it, it was, it was kind of accidental. You know, I bought, um, just went online and I bought some jigs, these little metal jigs that I'm sure you guys, have, none of you, I'm sure have done this, right? Where you just buy something you don't need at one of these big, I'm the only one. Like, I, I was just, I was just shopping one and I had, Kevin, these, you don't do that either. No, right? not anymore. So I had these little metal jigs and I was just out in the bay one day. I think I had like a 40 gram maybe. And it was a little Japanese jig. And I just, I tossed it out there. I was in like 50 feet of water and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, well, I'll just try it. Right. I pulled it out of my tackle box and, um, I got slammed by a spotty and I was like, oh, wow. I, I honestly wasn't expecting it, you know? So I reel it up, throw it down again, got another bite. And I've never heard of anybody catching spotties vertically on these. So I, I didn't really understand. This was a couple of years ago. Right. So I'm like, man, what kind of, what is this? What's the name of these jigs? And I started looking up what is slow pitch jigging and, from there, I just I became obsessed with it, and I started throwing them at the docks, pitching the docks, and basically setting start, off the start, trend. Yeah, I just started created this new like style of fishing micro jigs like vertically at the docks, and they, they were just getting crushed, man. And I was getting uh, winning some tournaments and stuff, and they were the real deal. So in San Diego, they just started taking off, and so from there it went into you know just getting into the technique. I was watching YouTube videos that were like in Japanese, right? I couldn't even understand what they're saying, but I was watching <laughs> watching the technique, watching the technique, kind of understanding what's happening. I just went down this rabbit hole over the years and then started catching yellowfin on them. The good old rabbit hole. Everything, yeah. And I was like, you know what? This, this technique's legit and it's not real prominent here in California. Nobody really was doing it or knew about it. I would go right. into tackle stores like, hey, you got slow pitch jigs. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's kind of how it came about. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to, if we can't find them, I'm going to make them, you know? Because we were kind of purposing the group that I'm in, the MMFC. They all, st they got hooked, right? So they all started using these things and they were killing it. But the thing is we were buying these other ones, but we were modifying them, like taking treble hooks off, uh, adding the assist hooks. And so I wanted to make something like for us that we fish something out of the box designed, you know, mm -hmm. here in Southern California for the fish that we fish instead of repurposing jigs create something that that works very cool yeah so what's what is the premise behind slow pitch jigging versus say like a flat fall what's what are the what are the, what are the differences the difference is, is basically the way that they work this a flat fall i think basically is categorized as a slow pitch is jig. It? it's um usually it's asymmetrical so the sides are different and then it has a center weight correct um you know it's kind of developed in japan uh, Norihiro Sato is the guy that started it, and the whole idea was to fish in pressured waters. So, you know, you think Japan's got, I think, hundred almost 100 million people more than California does, but it's about the same size as California. So when we talk about pressured waters, it's like it's way bigger in Japan than it is here. Yeah, so yeah. He, he needed to find a style, and it's, just, it's mostly the way that they're fished. So a butterfly jig, you know, you just kind of set down and let it go, where a slow-pitch jig is... It's worked throughout the column. They use very parabolic rods, so it's not just the jigs. Uh, it's the rods, it's the reels, and it's you basically work it slowly up the column or on the bottom of the floor, and you let the jig do the work, basically. It goes horizontal, and that's how it gets bit. So Perfect. Yeah. So coming from you, what is the... I mean, I've seen technique in all different shapes and forms and all that, and it kind of depends on the person. 
what's your go-to technique when you're actually fishing the slow pitch jig? Um, I do it all. And I think that's what makes it so great with one jig. You can fish it different styles. You can, so slow pitch doesn't mean that it's slow fishing or slow reeling. It just, it means that the the jig moves slowly Mm -hmm. when it's sideways. So you can jerk it up one pump on the reel, jerk it. You can go quick and the jig will do its thing, you know, up the column. You can do what's called long fall, lift it up. You don't reel it all. Let it drop back down, lift it up, let it, it'll fall three feet and do its thing. Um, and you can do that all with one jig, I think, which is great because you find that rhythm. You guys know fish bite different every day, right? There's, and the cool thing is once you find how they're eating, you can replicate that. So sometimes you go out and you're like, okay, I'm pitching it slow or I'm doing one lift, one fall. I'm not getting anything. Suddenly I'll start just working it fast, doing it much more erratic, bringing it up the water column, column faster and I'm getting bit. I stick with that through the day and it's like, okay, I found what they, they did. But, so I, I honestly don't have like a go-to. Go-to style is probably one, one lift, one, one reel, one lift, mm-hmm. one reel, one lift, one reel. That's like, that's my baseline, I would say. That's, so that's where I start. Mm-hmm. I'll do one big lift, one crank, one big lift, one crank and adjust from there. So it's really kind of more or less letting the jig do its thing. Yes, yes. You need that slack of line to actually let it fall with gravity and yeah, all that. 100%. It's, mm-hmm. it, they're, they're bit when they go horizontal. And the jig, you're basically letting the jig dance and you're working the jig and letting it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- I, the first time I ever tried the slow pitch technique, especially like with the javelin, something a little bit more traditional, when I lifted it, I was thinking in my head like yo-yo iron. I was thinking in my head like the fish think that this thing is rock hard and it's not like soft. It's not a bait, right? But I think if people started thinking more that there's, it's not about the material, the fish don't actually see it until they hit it, right? They're just thinking this is something. You're the only thing that you're the only person or that Andy that's fishing that that knows that that's a hard lure. But the fish does not think that. They think this is food. So yeah. if you start fishing it more of like an extension of fishing live bait or like a soft plastic, I think you get it a lot quicker. Yeah. But people get thrown off really quick by the fact that it's literally solid lead and they want to fish it fast because that's how we've all been treating our, our hard lures recently, like in right. growing up around here. Yeah. Definitely totally different than like the yo-yo fishing and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, that's the hardest part about around here that people just don't understand that you don't have to fish a lead jig super fast all the time. Some right, fish will yeah. like it, mm-hmm. but other times they don't need it to be that fast. Yeah. You know, like a squid, when it's moving through the water column, the thing is squirting up. Like it's just kind of moving through the water column. Floating. Correct. Floating. And then all of a sudden it darts away real quick because they're scared. Real quick. And then mm-hmm. it goes down towards the bottom where it's doing some weird darting action to get away from the fish. So if you kind of think about what it's supposed to look like underwater, you can make this lead jig look like something that's not lead. Yeah, it's designed to imitate a dying bait fish. That's what its yeah. original creation was. But yeah, so cool. it's it's yeah. I they're think they're not made to be fish fast. That's why all the action is is horizontally. It's traditionally here in California. You know, rip it up and reel as quick as you can. So, so totally different. Are, are you not casting these into the foamer? <laughs> you can't because it'll <laughs> it when it you Bottom can cast it and let it. <laughs> You can cast it and let it flutter, hundred percent. Yeah. So you're, like you're not casting a four to six hundred gram. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about one of those, but like a one thirty. Yeah. Or these the sixty grams, dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Nice. Cast those in because like with the spotty fishing, when we do by the docks, 
I just let it hit the water and let it do it. It's 20 feet of water. I let it flutter just the whole way down. Gotcha. It takes a long time. You don't time. even work it, yeah. It's, I would I would think that these 60 gram or even maybe even the 40 gram would get bit in a bluefin form, filmer. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah. Think about the weight, right? So 20 grams, we just did this before we came up here. 20 grams is uh, three quarters of an ounce. So basically at 60 grams, right? Do my math correctly. You're over like you're two and a, two and a quarter ounces. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. You know, that's and for the size profile you're looking at, this is no bigger than some of the chovies that you're seeing running around out there. That's true. It's pretty much on point for what it looks like. And two and a half ounces is pretty much what most surface irons weigh. And that's an aluminum jig. Yeah. Just switch the hooks out and send it. Okay, so speaking of hooks, I I held off as long as I possibly could, <laughs> especially with these bigger ones, the 500 and 600 grams, all different ways to rig it. How do you rig it? Uh, usually we've been going with the, depending what we're fishing for, but if I'm doing like the big bluefin, I'll put a hook at the end. Uh, the most popular ones be like those big mustads, you know, the ones that are like mm-hmm. almost like braided together with that blue right, line. Right, And that big old one-aught, two-aught hook. Bigger sure. than that, like five and six odds. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, the five. I was going, I was going reverse ways. Yeah, the, you, the big hooks. Just you, usually one on each. Well, I do usually one on each end. Okay. And typically, you want the hook to cover half of, roughly half of the the jig. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's sort of like the the rule of thumb because when the jig swings, you want the hook. I know that they can't see, but when it swings, you want the hook going this way. When it swings the other way, you want the hook going this mm. way. So you. When they bite this thing, they're going to bite for the head, right? Mm-hmm. Or one of the ends, typically. So when you pitch it, it's going to go one way or the other. And you want a hook. One's going to be out, but then you want one covering the body if mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Gotcha. But you don't sense. want them longer than the other because they'll catch, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you're defeated the purpose of even putting your hooks on in that position because yeah. they'll, yeah. they'll ruin the action of the bait, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. They don't get crossed up that often as much as you think. But if you can, if you can clear it, yeah, for sure. It's definitely better. So in your opinion, why the two single hooks as opposed to a single hook and some assist hooks or anything like that? Yeah, well, two, they're both assist hooks, both single assist hooks. But, but what, yeah. what Chris is saying, like some people put a Jobu on one end, like a nine-on Jobu, and then they put two assists you on could. top. I've seen that. Yeah. It's preference. All, What's, all what preference. Is, what action does it have, though? Um, you know, I haven't tested it because I've never run the, <laughs> the Jobus on the back, but I've I seen people get bit with it, so... Is there anything that work. when when people are rigging these up, is there anything that people should avoid doing? You know, when I rig these up, and I did a whole video on this, uh, one of my YouTube shows that was where I showed it. There was like this this hack that I do basically is I'll I'll go from the line, and then I'll go on to a solid ring, and then I put the hook to the solid ring and I tie to that, and then put the jig on. So instead of tying to the jig, you're tying to the hook itself, and that way if you get bit. You're fighting the hook and not with the jig, if that makes, oh, okay. if that makes yeah. sense. So all the pressure and all the weight um, is on the hook. Interesting. Instead of okay. going for the jig, you know, because the thing get bent up or something's pulled out. If you're on like a 300 pound tuna, you know, when you're that like, actually, ideally you want the hook, and that same thing for these 60s, right? You can mm-hmm. put a bigger hook with that same thing. So you're just fighting the fish with the hook on the thing, and the jig is actually kind of taken out of the equation at that point. That makes sense because whenever I I fished these things maybe a year or two ago and it was it, w- it wasn't five hundred it was like two hundred or two fifty or something and long and narrow 
And by the time after I was fighting, maybe I think it was like maybe a 50 or 60 pound bluefin. Was Jig up. was totally bent. It was like an L. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're they're made out of lead. I mean, it don't happen, but mm-hmm. hey, bluefin like it's totally worth a destroyed jig. You know, like so when you got the rear hook, mm-hmm. it's something you're gonna. They can bite the hook, but even when they bite the back, it's gonna kick around, and that front hook's gonna slap them somewhere. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. never seen them like without the two hooks. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like definitely an, it's like an insurance policy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've seen it. I, I've fished it with like four hooks. Two hooks on each end. If you really want to just like <laughs> have the Spider Man, you know, action going, you can do it. Yeah, punish it, that. There's fish. no wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> rock fishing is totally different. You know, so when you oh. do when you do rock fish, it's you have the two hooks on top, right? And that's traditional. You don't put one on the bottom, so you don't get stuck in the rocks. And then the hooks face inwards toward each other, so mm-hmm. they kind of bounce off the structure. So speaking of rock fish, um, this guy. What's this called? The javelin. Yeah. Uh, I think I have the, they come in a 230 or 220? 220 yeah, and a 130 one right here. Yeah. The white so knight. I've got this in this color in the 220 and it's deadly for rockfish yeah. especially. This is strawberry nasty. tiger. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. That's what that was called. The yeah. strawberry tiger. Yeah. And even and this the white knight. Mm-hmm. That same jig, I was like, Yellowfin last year, I just crushed on that thing. Yeah. Same jig, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So for those, I apologize for everyone listening. I know you guys can't see all these jigs and all these toys that we're playing with, but they are uh, absolutely colorful and all that. We'll definitely be have pictures. to post. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll have to post a uh, picture on Instagram and all that. But uh, that's pretty cool, man. So anything yeah. from rockfish to bluefin tuna, you've got it all covered. Yeah. It, I mean, if it's a predatory fish, they'll eat it. This. Mm-hmm. Halibut, if you're fishing in the bay, spotties, halibuts, sand bass, mackerel. Yeah. I know you don't really want those, but they, so, like, they <laughs> like to eat them. They like to eat them. So, so Kevin, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple months ago when we were recording with Pete on uh, on his dock. Yep. We were, well. On his he, boat. On his research. boat, yeah. And um, you had brought a rod, naturally, um, like you always do. And <laughs> you were slow pitching for spotties. And uh, I remember you handed it to me. I pitched it a little bit. And, of course, I got, I think it was a Mac or something. Um, it wasn't a spotty. And then all of a sudden, it started to uh, decide to uh, unload all of its mess right on top of yes. me. Remember it was that? brutal. Remember, but, the, remember the halibut that was next? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. We caught a little tiny halibut right yeah. after that, too. On which one? Uh, they, it's all you, so. I personally, if I'm gonna fish spotties, fish the 20 gram sumo. You're, That's my you're a sumo guy, yeah. yeah. I just love the sumo. Um, there's someone, one of them are in here, right here, yeah. That's a sumo, yeah. That little guy that's a 40 or 60, I think the 20 is in the car still. But the 20 gram on the docks is deadly, it is so good. The only thing is, you're gonna need more than one because <laughs> these things, when you get bit. And the fish are right in this oyster-filled zone. They're going to go in the into this zone at some point, and they're gonna get they're gonna cut you off. Using you know even twenty pound test monofilament, you'll still get absolutely thrashed in there. So, I uh, I had a point where I'm competing in the spotty bowl, and you know I I do did I did pretty fairly well I think, and um, I get to maybe. 
didn't you win the damn thing? No, no, no. We're still going. I didn't win oh, okay. anything. I mean, I won. I I think I've got a couple of W's, but well, yeah, yeah okay. you're holding a WWF belt for one. That was the WTF tournament. That's a different one. <laughs> same, oh. same thing though. Like, All right. Same. Same. Excuse same. me. Yeah, yeah. What does WTF stand for in fishing industry? Oh, uh, what World Fishing League? Oh yeah, World so, Team Fishing. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, and is is that a, a Roman thing? It's a MMFC. MMFC. Club. Yeah, yeah. So the person that really puts on these tournaments, his name's Eric Lehman. He's the judge, and he really just cool dude. Yeah, he's super cool. We we'll have to have him on one day. Yeah. Um, he just put together these tournaments. The Spy Bowl actually was really a brainchild of his, and then you know Roman and, and him worked together to make it where it is now. Oh, but okay, okay. The um the the thing is really grown, and and now the we're all looking for another thing to fish in. And another way to spend time on a weekend, I guess. But um, not that we don't fish enough for some reason. Right. Um, so I, I can't say that. I, I, I haven't really? fished enough this year. Well, you, you just got back from a trip. So. We got back from La Paz. Did you ever get to talk about that trip? No, we haven't done that yet. So we get to talk about it now? We can we can talk <laughs> about it. But anyways, let me let me finish up with, with the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, take I still have a couple these. more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have got smoked. Dude, I bet you in La Paz they'd get absolutely roasted yeah. down there. No one's doing it down there, you know? Very little people. We'll so, talk about that. Did you see some of those people doing it? No, we'll we'll get into that when we talk about the trip. Oh, okay, okay. So um, I'm holding a 600-gram ogre jig. Muto, is there any plans to go above 600 gram? I mean, if there's a need for it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, right now it's just we we haven't been able to find a 600, so hmm. um, I'm like, well, let's make it. So this you know? could be the heaviest one on the market right now. The six hundred. Uh, I think. I think here. Yeah. Locally in Southern California, yeah. I, I've seen stuff online, you know, but massive jigs. But I, I, I think for the, out here, yeah. Did you do the math on six hundred grams? How many ounces that is? No. <laughs> 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 this is Heavy. your cue, Kevin. I know. You know. Actually, let's do it right now. I'll do yeah. it while you guys are talking. All right. <laughs> Man, this is a massive jig, though. Six hundred grams. I can't believe that a tuna wouldn't just clobber this, especially in the springtime. Yeah. During night, uh, the the night fishing period of the year, which apparently just started happening like the last couple of years. So check this out: a six hundred gram jig weighs twenty two ounces, twenty two and a half ounces. It's awesome. It it's is like awesome. a pound and a half, I think, or it's, something. No, it's like pound and a third. Oh, it's pretty big. Wow, that's no problem, man. The, the, you gotta think about it. It's not the weight that you gotta think about. Not even the profile. Yeah. It's how fast you can get down there. It's, yeah. No, you're 100% right. And it's your gear, too. Like, slope, if you've got slow pitch setups, it's designed to not fatigue. You know, I, I think a lot of people think of the old school kind of jig fishing, like uh, yo-yo fishing. And they're yeah. just like, people don't want to do it because, like, oh, I've worn out. I did it one day, and it was like, or I did it for two hours, and I was just beat. Well, the, I mean, the when you get a real slow pitch rod, they're designed to do the work for you, and it's they flick the jig up and everything. It's a lot easier <laughs> than what uh, it doesn't work you as bad. What are you using for a slow pitch rod? Um, right now I use mostly like the Phoenix stuff. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix rods. Yeah. Slow pitch rods. They make They make a slow pitch rod. They make a slow pitch okay. rod. Yeah. Not so Kevin, are you fishing a basket with that 600 gram? Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, honestly, that rod right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, if I want to fish a 600, I'm honestly going to, I'm not going down the slow pitch road right now because I just can't find a good 
balance in what I'm looking for. I want a railable rod. Yeah. So I'm going to use sense. my rail rod. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to use like, uh, you know, I'm going to use something that can be rated anywhere from 60 to 130 or around there. Right. Even the beefiest thing. It's really not that yeah. bad to put this in the water because it's going to feel different once you're actually working it through the column. And ideally, I want to get down there and I want to hook a big one. Like I'm not there trying to. Uh, at this point, I'm not ready to work it. I don't have the equipment to try to do this yet. Right. I hope someone comes out one day and you know we're sitting around talking about it. It's a little bit different story, but I feel like the tuna bite's different. You're you're in there. You're really gonna get bit or you don't. Yep. You right. know, I don't think you got to worry so much about having specialty gear for sure. Coming coming from a background of fishing yellowtail, especially in the winter time when there's a lot of fish on the sonar. And even during any time, right? And you're trying to yo-yo fish, you have seconds to start fish putting your jig down through the water. Especially if you're fishing a six edge tuner or something that's super duper light. It's in relativity, you know, it's not it's not like a vertical jig like this, which is or you know, a slow pitch jig or anything that's skinny, it's gonna take forever to get down. So the my point is you have seconds to reach tuna at 350 feet sometimes which is most of the time when you're fishing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're not down there within seconds of seeing that fish come through on the meter, you're losing the opportunity to catch more fish. Now we're, we used to do what? Like well, the average was 300 grams, right? Even to this yeah. day, I think people still fish a lot of that. If you can double or reduce the amount of time by half to get down to the fish, how much more opportunity do you have time-wise in the strike zone? It's a lot of yeah. time. Yeah. Before anybody even gets there. Before yeah. anyone ever gets there. So that's kind of the perspective I have is, and the other thing about it is like when I look at a 600 gram, you know, people go, wow, that's a big jig, but you're fishing a flying fish that's longer than this and wider than this, a dead flying fish. That's yeah. true. And they swallow them. No problem. So what do you think the fish is going to do when it looks like this? It's going to swallow the jig. Try mm-hmm. to, you know? So I think people, I think it's like the same thing with the big bait bass fishermen, right? The guys were using 10-inch swim baits. Now they're looking for 14-inch swim baits. Where does it stop? The fish are going to eat it. They're just upping it every single time. So I don't know. I, I think that a lot of people, the they're going to be fishing a heavier and heavier jig year after year trying to beat everyone else down to the zone, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, where it'll end, I think people are going to find out their comfort zone. But I think we're kind of hitting this threshold right now. We're getting close to where... People know they're going to get down within a certain amount of time and they're going to catch more fish with X amount of weight, you know, that it may not be worth, you know, another 400 grams on top of the six. Who knows? And it's really, you know, I can't remember one of, I know one of our guests had mentioned this where it's actually super important for your jig to stay in the strike zone as long as possible, basically. So it's almost, is there kind of like a balance between getting it down super, uh, getting it down super fast? Versus trying to get it or keeping it within the strike zone or whatnot. Well, that, that's the whole magic with the slow pitch is you get it down to the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can work it and keep it in the strike zone as long as you want. Uh, you know, you just let it dance, let it do its thing. That's that's where you're pitching it. That's where the pitch mm-hmm. comes in. Uh, it's not a it's not yo-yo fishing. Mm-hmm. You're not just zipping past the zone. You work it in the zone. And if you're maybe you worked it up 100 feet, we'll just drop it 100 feet now and then just keep working that zone. Mm-hmm. They're designed to just work an area. Yeah. So, basically, anyone, I mean, you'd think anyone, even Darren could slow pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> nice. Darren, you got a, you got a method now. You it, might be able to catch fish. Uh, maybe. 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Muto, before, um, 
Muto, basically, can you run us down? Because I know there's quite a bit of lead. There's quite a bit of process and all that in making that. Can you run us through the process as to, I guess, generally on how, what it takes to make a jig? I mean, basically, you know, we just get them. You come up with the design. You have somebody ship you design. We, mm-hmm. It's hard getting made, lead made in America, right? So yeah. We, we get them made overseas. Um, but, yeah, you just, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of testing. So you get, I have jigs sent to me. And I fish them, I fish them, I fish them until I find something that works, you know, and then you just, you send it back, you refine it. I've got um, a liaison, you know, that talks back and forth and we make sure we get it right. And mm-hmm. yeah. In in your opinion, what, what makes a jig successful? Are you going for more or less the action or the, or the success rate when you do fish or whatnot? It makes a jig successful in the slow pitch game. Um, I think just something that really stays in the strike zone for mm-hmm. a long enough time that they get it. it. You know, it's a reaction bite. Anything that'll entice the fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, just the action. The action it produces when it once you've pitched it. Nice. I think is key. Nice. In um, you know, for when it comes to gear, I know we talked about it a little bit, but what are you typically fishing? Are you fishing more conventional reels or bait casters or kind of all of the above? With I, the... I fish them all. Yeah. Yeah. I do spinning. Uh, spinning setups for the small stuff I think is good. Uh, bait casting I use for the lighter stuff. The bait casting is nice for beginners because you don't have to put the line on, mm-hmm. right, the, the level line. But when you're fishing the big stuff, it, it's mm-hmm. I'll use like a pen fathom and where you got to put the line on yourself and all that. So nice. All rig- any any reel will work. You know, they're they've all got their pros and cons. You just want something that lets the line off and lets the jig mm-hmm. do its thing. Yeah. What about um, what about leader? Do you usually just tie on like? It's, let's talk about like uh, big bluefin and all that. Usually, you're tying on or even crimping on a, a nice piece of fluorocarbon or whatnot. Are you doing the same thing where you're crimping? You know, basically, it, almost pre-rigging a tuna a tuna killer jig with like 100, 200 pound fluoro or something. Yeah. Um, for one, I'm team mono. I don't use fluoro at all. Really? That, I don't I don't I don't use fluorocarbon for anything. Interesting. Um, and you too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I used I, don't, I stopped using fluoro after we did our test that, yeah. uh, on the, the I've been using did. it for for a little mm-hmm. while now. And f- especially for this, it's a reactionary bite. I I need the durability. I need the mono is just superior to me for not strength and I don't break in a lot of hearts out there. You guys, <laughs> you can come at me. I know it's a very decisive talk of it, right? <laughs> People love, I don't care if you use fluorocarbon, use it. I, I choose not to use it. I use mono for everything. Um, but heavy leaders, man, because the fish, when fish bite these things, a lot of times they get tied up. You don't know when you're bit. They bite it when it's horizontal and when you're still in the air. And what happens is you pitch the jig, the fish come bite it, and you don't know until like sometimes a few seconds after or you go to reel. And sometimes the fish has twisted itself up in the leader because it, it's different than... Most fishing, when you're reeling, you know you got the bite instantly, right? And then you set the hook. Mm -hmm. This is totally different. They bite it when it's, like, suspended in the air. And then you go to reel and you realize, oh, crap, I got a fish on. A lot of times it's a surprise bite. Mm -hmm. So you don't really set the hook or anything. So you need a strong mono leader or fluorocarbon, something thick, Mm -hmm. because they sometimes they get in it. They're scales and they're nasty. So I go heavy. You want really thin braid. I know it's kind of oxymoronic. You want thin braid, Mm -hmm. super thin braid, so it gets down quick. And it's slicing through the water, but when it comes to leader, super heavy. Have I, you I'm, I'm going like 25 pound at the docks for spotties? It's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Wow, big time, and they eat it. Yeah, I'm not trying to finesse fish these things. It, it's a uh-huh. 
they go for it. It is such a good it's 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 such a good technique. I mean, we how long did you try to keep keep it a secret with you and Salty? Yeah, we were well, I let Dario in on it too, but it oh, was yeah. like the three of us and Dude, it was we were like you were hammering. We fish. were we were slaying and then the secret got out and then was that <laughs> when you first started coming up with these? Yeah, it was it was sometime later and you know, because we were just crushing it, and I was like, you know, I just need to need to start making these things. Yeah, and in the way that find them, and the way that I fish it is the different than the way you fish it. Yeah, and then salty has a different way Every, he fishes yeah. it. Everybody's got kind of a different. You put your own spin on it. Some people like it faster. Some people like it slower. But I think that's what's cool about it. There's it's like so there's a lot of there's room. No wrong for, way to do it. So there's a lot of room where people can fish it however they want to. Yeah. yeah. When I first got my hands on it, I was fishing it wrong. And then I started smoking fish on yeah, it, it, and, it didn't, and I didn't change it. I tried your technique, and it didn't work for me. It didn't work, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so I just stuck with what I do, and, and it works. Like, I figured out my cadence, and that's all I do anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think when someone picks up one of these, like you were saying before, like, you can tell someone, like, your cadence, one, real, one, one pump, real, one pump, real. But in the end, when you start fishing and catching on it, and you realize you have a certain yes. way you like to you get bit, with it, yeah. you will get bit more because you know exactly when you're going to get that bite, how you're going to get the bite, how you can get in the bite. And if they're not biting it, you know, either going to switch up techniques or you're going to try a different cadence. Yeah. You, so, you really got to try it for yourself. Make mm-hmm. it your own. <clears throat> Figure out that really that sweet spot that works for you. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking <clears throat> of trying it, what, you know, in, in, um, in any tackle store that you're in and all that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, when it comes to like a starting set or whatnot for someone that's just getting into slow pitch, what would you recommend? What are like the handful of jigs that they would need to need to go out and buy? Um, just, just get one of each, you know, and just cover the sizes. I don't think you probably don't need to go get one of every color, you know, find a color you like. But um, really comes up to what you're fishing too, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're a bay guy and you don't ever fish deep, I mean, <laughs> stick with the... The, the 20s and 40s, you know, if you're a La Jolla dude, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be probably 40s to, to 220 Absolutely. offshore, offshore, go ham. I mean, offshore, I think maybe not the 20, but 60, 60s will work. Mm-hmm. Cast them out on a patty, calicos, I mean, yellow, anything will eat that. Yellowtail will eat, eat the 60. I'd, so if you're like an offshore guy, 60 to probably, you know, the 600 if you're looking for like tuna and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So Get my IGFA calico on this. Dude, but, they. Dude, you should check out anytime anyone wants to find out how like bit these things are. You should check out Submission Fishing Company. So sorry, Submission Fishing Co. on Instagram. You also got a YouTube channel. Yeah. There is a lot of time put into the fishing these specific jigs. And Muto's caught how many how many calicos do you think you've caught on one jig before? Realistically, like oh, one, one tons. I mean, I double up all the time. Like two fish, two on, fish. All right. the time on one jig, no kidding. <laughs> Sand bass, calicos. I got pictures. Yeah, you can go see it. I, I got it on my YouTube. It's like they. It's crazy how many double ups here because there's two hooks and you could tell they were both fighting over. I caught a sandbass and a calico once. Yeah, different oh species. My gosh. I've got different species of fish. Two different fish. On the thing. <laughs> I've caught two spotties on one. I mean, like weird stuff like somebody that. sent me tagged me on Instagram today. They were fishing one of these with two sculpin. Oh, honestly, you can go late. I think it was a forty. It was either a forty or sixty gram. And they tagged me on Instagram. I shared it. Two sculpting on one jig, you know? So that's awesome. And and the other thing about it, you know, is it's not just a a lot of fish. It's a big fish thing as well. Because you abnormally, the amount of fish that come up that are actually really sizable is 
is interesting. It's not either small size jigs you catch big fish on it. He has an incredible YouTube video where he's fishing near the barge and smoking seven yeah, to eight like, pound sandbags. Like every cast. It's insane. It, <laughs> it, how many fish do you think you caught that day? I don't know. It was like countless. They were all eagles. They were all monsters. These guys asked me if mm -hmm. I kept catching. They were like, you keep catching the same fish? Because they weren't catching anything. <laughs> I don't know. I think they were live baiting it or something. And I was like, I was like, no, man, because I was in kind of the same area. I'm, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a different fish. I'd be surprised <laughs> if this one keeps eating the same thing. But yeah. Can your videos be on YouTube and be kind of like resources for others? Yeah, to kind of I've, I've got like how to's and then mm -hmm. just general. You can just watch me fish them. But yeah, I've got um like how to fish. The, I've got one like in depth, like how to fish for spotties at the docks just with these jigs, you know, and mm -hmm. you can go down the road. And you can see we're catching, catching yellow fish or yellowfin on them mm -hmm. last year. Um, the rockfish videos. This, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Giant rockfish out in La Jolla, or the one where I went to San Nic San Nicolas Island. Mm -hmm. Same thing, huge rockfish. That was earlier this year, huh. so I got that video on there. I think that was mostly the javelin, for sure, and that was deep, like deep, deep water. Yeah, just it's big tanks, man. Tank fish. An endless resource about how to fish this brand of jig is right with the man that makes this. Yeah. I mean, that's literally. pretty much all I fish. If you want to, my YouTube, it's like not not some of my early YouTube stuff. Mm -hmm. But like within the last year, year and a half, it's you're gonna. I'm pretty much just fishing these jigs, so I I, I kind of don't even mention it sometimes. <laughs> I'm like I just assume you you assume I'm fishing these things. Yeah. It's interesting because every YouTuber says that. Oh, my first videos are horrible and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But speaking it's like of our you, first, you podcast, gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you start somewhere. They're not great. Like every, yeah, they shouldn't be as good, right? You gotta yeah. Improve. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If you're if you start off just you know badass the first time, then you got you have nowhere my else very, to go. My but very down. first video was like a YouTube, like how to fish micro jigs for spotties. Like mm -hmm. that's the whole reason I created a YouTube channel was to bring awareness to this to, mm -hmm. that's to cool. how we fish it. Yeah, because nobody was doing it. So speaking of YouTube, I think you go you go live like once a week, right? Yeah, every Thursday, okay. seven or seven PM, I do a live show, and yeah, we just I go live, I talk for an hour. When the chat's awesome, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's probably even if you don't want to come hear me talk, man. It's dudes in the chat. I mean, there's some there's some black belt fishermen in there for sure. So, and that, that's kind of my my model, right? Trying to get the black belt in fishing, and there's some dudes in there that they're, they're good. They're a lot better than me. Yeah. Okay, so I I read that on on your jig a few minutes ago, black belt. Yeah. Where does that come from? Well, what's that influence? Are um, you a black belt yourself? Yeah, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And that's kind of just where it could, No big know, deal or anything. Yeah, no, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... Um, yeah, I was coaching earlier today, too. I was coaching on Fridays and then I, I fish. But um, I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I love fishing. And basically, there was, there's just a lot of parallels between the two. You know, and there was... They're individual sports, but they still take teams to get better. You know, in groups to improve. And... Like jujitsu, there's so many different techniques. There's so many different styles. There's so much knowledge. It's like, and I, ju I just saw a lot of overlapping mm -hmm. parallels with the two. So that's kind of where I came up with submission fishing. Yeah. Submit, cool. submit some fish. And then the tagline, get your black belt in fishing. And that's the goal, right? Yeah. We, there's always a goal you want to get to. And when it's jujitsu, you want to get to the black belt. Then you realize once you're a black belt, the journey's just starting. Like it, it doesn't mm -hmm. end. Like you're just yeah. going. So the, the goal is to get to that black belt in fishing. And always then, learning and continue on yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't ever stop but yeah kevin i can see why you guys are uh, working together with the samurai influence and all yeah. that stuff well i uh, <laughs> 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 it's kind of obvious i guess you know 
but I just so people understand is I rep this brand, you know, mm-hmm. and I think the first time I even threw out the idea, the idea that I would rep, you know, be a sales rep for uh, Mike and, and uh, the submission fishing brand who was on one of his streams. Yeah. I said, do you need a rep? Yeah. <laughs> nice pitch. Of course. Cause I did, I did the unveil and I was like, Hey guys, I'm selling jigs now. And then Kevin's like, hit me up. Let's sell them. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better rep actually. Yeah, I agree. I can. Kevin's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for him, I don't know any other reps. <laughs> to me, he's the to me he's the best. <laughs> yeah, just by, by default. It's okay. I'll take, it. I'll you know, take his, it. his enthusiasm and he loves to talk. So I'm the only yeah. one you'll need to know. There you go. <laughs> but the um, the thing is, is I fish this stuff, right? I, mm-hmm. I said, hey. I had like a scratch. I was like, dude, I need those 20 grams so bad. Like, please let me just get a couple. Cause the I scratches. saw, I was saw someone yeah. smashing them and I was like, I got to compete in this. And like, what was funny was like your story with these, like you were repping them. You really into the big stuff. Right. And then you were telling me you were just out there one day and you're like, all right, I'll just, I'll try one of these. I'll yeah. try, I'll try one of these 20 grams, like whatever. Let's see what it is. And then you were just getting rocked and smoked by them. And you're like, what the hell is the, going on? The first day I ever fished this, I had to do a video and I literally, sometimes when I do my videos, I'm challenging myself, okay? So, you know, Fishing Reps has its brand and it has its identity. And my identity is, it, it's, sorry, its identity is to be the most knowledgeable you can be with no knowledge at the, at the beginning of it. So you have to learn how to be more knowledgeable every single day, right? I want to be, I want to be able to talk what I'm selling. Anyways, did a video. I shot it. I said, I'm going to show you guys how to fish the docks, how I fish docks with the Sumo 20. As I said the slow pitch jigs. At the time, we didn't have enough inventory to really start pumping this. So it was more of like a, an education thing for myself. But it was a challenge. I didn't know if I was actually going to produce a video, right? So I went over there. I went to one dock. It was the first drop. Boom. Like a 16-inch spotty. I'm like, oh, my God. All right. That's a hell of an impression. Yeah, it's like the literally yeah, the first drop. And then I was like, and and I was shocked. I was like, all right, this is this is something I got to play with a little bit more. So that day, I actually caught like three or four fish, and they're all like 13 and 15 and 16. Like, they're giants, you know? For me, that's a good fish in a place that's really congested with a lot of pressure. I turn on the live because I had enough footage for like a pump reel video. I turn the live on. My guys, I'm gonna show you like this slow pitch thing. I caught nine fish on a live stream within yeah. 30 minutes. I was, was like, crazy. I was just like, this is this is it. Like this <laughs> is you guys need to look at this, right? Then from there, that was before tournament time. Right. I started fishing it during. Now it's like post tournament season. I'm still fishing right now. Obviously, I'm still in the middle of tournament, but I was fishing it and I was starting to really get into like 70 inch limits and things like that for five fish. That's a big limit. You yeah, know? it is. So it's like an average of illegal fish every single fish. Mm-hmm. So with, you know, with other techniques that I bring in with other parts that are products that I rep, like war baits and kicker, you know, there's times and places for everything. But this lure, this kind of fishing on the dock is very unique. And there is no other way to really fish it better unless you're fishing really heavy and really fast. Because that's what you're doing with this, with a small package. And that's why you get bit. I think you get bit so well as the erratic action, you know, the colors, the flash, the instantaneous bite. I actually didn't it's reaction bite. Yeah. It's reaction bite. I actually didn't tell you this. I sight fished one the other day. 
That's crazy. So I was on top of a dock, and I was looking down. And I saw him next to the rocks. It was like you know, thirteen inch fish. It wasn't it wasn't huge. So I I set up and I put pat pushed it. I flicked it past him, and I took one lift like one snap, and the thing came right after it. It's bolted. And, it's, and I saw it. I saw the whole thing. It's like five feet of water. That's crazy. And I was like, this is how they hit it. It doesn't take more than one flick, and a yeah. thing's already bit. If not, already a bit on the way down. So. I'm a believer, man. And then I started fishing. We did a. We were out there fishing um, rockfish, and he was. We were out there fishing together, looking for yellowtail. Yeah. I was like fishing prototypes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Back then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. And so we were like, yeah, let's let's. We, go you out weren't there. you weren't a partner. No, we were just like fishing. We were just homies fishing. Yeah, dude, it was. We had some spots too. Like we've caught like ten pound bocaccios and stuff like that, like crazy stuff. And um, but we caught in La Jolla. We were kayak fishing and. I left and I was I had to go do some kind of business thing and one time I actually had I think my, it was to come do the show. Yeah, yeah, I was actually, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I blame I, you, Chris. I, I was just uh, gonna say he he showed up one day to do to come be on the podcast and he at the end of the day or at the end of the show we were walking outside and he's pulling his rods out of his truck and putting oh, yeah. them back yeah. and he had a, a twenty gram sumo on there I think it was that color right there the uh, yeah the red and white mm-hmm. and I go no, the pink or the pink pink yeah yeah so I, I go. What kind of jig is that? He goes, well, you know what that is? That's the only jig you'll ever use on your kayak again if you have one. <laughs> That's, <funny. laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got, man, this 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 stuff is so fun to fish. It's different. Like, it's hard to it's hard to, to teach someone this because they really have to teach themselves. You got to go do it, yeah. Yeah. But it, I just it's so active. That's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. I hate, like, bait fishing. You just kind of wait and... Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, no. I, 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 some people love it, and that's fine. I'm an artificial guy too. Yeah, I mean, I, I make, I pour my own plastics I mean, for myself. Yeah, that's know? awesome. But I just, love it. Just sitting a bait out there waiting. I, this is yep. just not my thing. It's it works. You know, it's effective, but also known as Darren's package. Stuff. I was about to say that <laughs> Darren's package. <laughs> Darren's package. That's awesome. Muto, I mean, when it comes to slow pitch fishing, um, it's gotten really popular in the last couple of years. Yeah. W- what do you attribute to that? People catching fish, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. It, it, it like works. No influence or it, anything like that. It works. Oh, for myself. Well, or from anything in general. Anything. I think it's just in moving. It's becoming more prominent. It's it's been in Japan. It's not a super old technique. Less than twenty years. It's hmm. been out in Japan. Um, Australians picked it up. Probably next after the Japanese, and then I think even the East Coast a little more and. It's just moving. It, mm-hmm. It's a delayed thing because it's came in Japan and it's just kind of moving around the world. So mm-hmm. I think it's finally starting to hit California yeah. in general. So and you catch fish on the. I can't tell you how many boats I've been on where I'm getting heckled by the deckhands because what I'm using in my gear, and then I heckled start by the I start slaying so. fish. Oh yeah, all the time, and then they're like, oh. It's like it's working. <laughs> like, yeah, it's well, working. Okay, so you, you bring it up about getting heckled by the deckhands, and this goes back to our trip to La Paz. Mm. They the <clears throat> the first day we went to Las Serenas, and it was as hot as the devil's anus out there. It was <laughs> it was bad, bad, wasn't it, uh, Chris? Yeah, we were fishing together that day. And yeah. it, was, it was horrible. Caught one Dorado. Mm. <laughs> the weather like, was the experience was great. The experience but. was awesome. And the, all they do out there, they slow troll live bait. Mm. They'll circle a patty 
hundred times. Hundred times, slow trolling <laughs> right. would not let us throw anything. No, they said you can't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yep. Have you caught a slow pitch or have you caught a dodo on on slow pitch? Um, I don't. I don't think I've caught a dorado yet. Plenty of yellow fin. There's a good opportunity. I've to seen right them now. catch. Yeah, people do catch them. I get pictures from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I think I went not on one of these slow. I'm trying to think. I feel like I have, but not on a not not on one of these. I don't think it's slow death. I just haven't been. Last year was like really weird for Dorado. Like, yeah, they didn't. It was just August. They didn't. They didn't seem to come up, and I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't have time to like do the trips really far south. I feel like they came like and the year before up. 2020. They popped off. Yeah, right? like it, it was yep. big. But last year it was. This year definitely, I'm, I'm going to get out there. So yeah, once I get my boat out of the, the, the shop, these would have been great on our. I think our last day. When we were fishing Pargo and yeah, and yeah, that would have been bitching if, because once if again, only, fit rock fishing basically for grouper and Pargo, yeah, slow trolling live bait. Mm. That's crazy. But they come, I, I they come from the bottom and hit it on the top. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you would think it would just be deadly down there too. Yes. Yeah. Well, the fish are probably never really seen anything like this either, so yeah. they're going to be even more curious and try it out, more willing. The um. I think if someone's going to go down there, though, they're going to want the 130. I think that's probably your most versatile size. And it For offshore, yeah. The one, no, not even, like, this is more of, like, inshore and offshore. I mean, like, right inshore, you're going to be fishing 100 feet kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the 130 javelin is probably your best, most flexible lure amongst it's, the it's bunch. It's probably the easiest to fish, too, I think. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like... It's almost bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're gonna yeah. figure out some way to catch something on a 130, and it's going to be really good, and you're going to figure it out, you know? I caught mm-hmm. a sand bass at the bait barge. We were on a boat trip, and I threw 130, <laughs> 40 feet of water. I threw the 130 down and Dang. caught absolute behemoth sand bass right there at the barge. It was funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Muto, what's your, method, what's your method to matching the depth to the number of grams you should fish? You know, the... It's kind of the general consensus has been gram per foot. I've kind of thrown that out the window. I don't think I'm catching spotties with 40 and 60 gram jigs in 20 feet of water. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I caught a sand bass in 40 feet of water with a 130 gram jig. <laughs> um, it's a, I think it's a good starting point, right? Yeah. So if you're going to be fishing 100 feet, 150 feet, do a 130. Um, if you're going to be fishing 20 feet, throw a, throw a 20. But I, I don't think that that's... Other people will say the slowest jig or the smallest jig you can get away with. Because uh, once you start getting offshore, you know, you've got current to deal with. You've got wind to yeah. deal with. Um, you're going to need a heavier jig for smaller water. But some people are like, if it's a really calm day and it's not moving, some people say fish the lightest jig you can get away with. Even if you're fishing the kelp at 60 feet and it's dead out, they might throw a 40 or a 20. So... Right. Have so you the, 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 the consensus is foot per gram, but mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. It's a good starting point, I think. Have you thrown like a sixty gram uh, or let let a let a sixty gram jig drop in like three hundred feet of water when there's like pretty much no conditions at all? Um, yeah, in San Nicolas, I did. If you see my video, I was the first one to catch a fish on the boat. Oh, that's not and surprising. It, and it was like nobody was catching anything. I, I threw like a. We're having trouble. I'm like, man, these big jigs aren't worried. So I threw a small one and just caught a rockfish on it. And it was it was pretty deep. Yeah. I and it think, took a while to get down. Like it was like yeah. minutes. Yeah. I would figure deep. this would be deadly, but it, it's it's the right tool for the job. And yeah. it's kind of it takes a certain situation too. But somebody, like I said, sent me a post today with 
two scoping on a 60. I don't know how deep they were fishing. <laughs> yeah. I have to get more details. Maybe I'll message them, but I don't know what depth or whatever they I'd were I'd be kind of curious to know. Yeah. Well, big question, guys. Where do we get these? Right now we're in um, we're in uh, Tackle Express, Santa Clarita. We're in Shark Bait, Huntington Beach, and Hogan's Tackle in Dana Point. Nice. And we're going to grow some more. But mm-hmm. uh, this is week one. And we're in those shops. Just so week one. Is week one of being in stores. Yeah, being in stores. So uh, Muto's had product available for about six, uh, five months. Was it on, beginning on of this website? year. Beginning of this year. So seven months. I'd seven say. months. Yeah. So th- this company is is um, growing fast. You know, we at that point we didn't have anything past the two twenty. Then the four to six hundred is a new product that we're introducing, and it it's just to be able to get people to understand that there's a different opportunity for someone to pick up on a big jig a big uh, you know 600 gram and really see if they can beat out other people down there you know i'm i'm curious to find out how much and we're, and we're going to have people on boats fishing this you know deck hands and captains we really do expect yeah. this to be but even different. even the rockfish too we can fish up to 100 fathoms now 600 feet yep. right you know there's places you can go and you try to throw a jig and if it's too light, you never get down because it scopes out so far. Right. Yeah. And, and rockfish will eat this thing. In Florida, they're fishing <laughs> yeah, the, 600 grams on the lot. Way that down. Reef. In shallow yeah. water, right? No, 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 no. Like, like 600 feet. Yeah, like 1,000 feet. 1,000 feet, feet oh, no out of the reef, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so huh. this is something that's not new. It's been around. They're doing it, and they're catching big fish off of these edges that are, like, not exposed to a lot of fishing in the first place. So, um I think that a lot more people should give it a shot for sure if they're not already. And there's some people that I probably aren't talking about and just killing it. But mm-hmm. yeah, imagine like the secrets out. Imagine sending, <laughs> <laughs> imagine sending down a jig that's, you know, four to 600 grams and you don't have to worry about what that bait's doing if you didn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. You're coming up with a fish, you know, or you're going to come up with knowing you didn't ever have a fish biting. So it's not a mystery thing. You're going to control it more. You're going to understand it more. You're going to impart whatever action you want. And um, that to me is appealing because, you know, how many times are you down there and it's just a mystery of what size fish you're looking for or what, even if you've got a bite or whatever. There's no mystery here. You're going to create the bite. That's cool. Nice. That's very cool, guys. I mean, the whole slow pitch concept, it's, it's fascinating, at least from my perspective, to where it doesn't really matter, you know, how you fish you really kind of have to explore it yourself yeah it's like a journey you go on and it and it's worthy of every angler out there to go on this journey and to go try these things out and be successful at it too yeah you go back to that jujitsu thing right it's you can have your own style mm-hmm. everybody's got their own style of fighting you know it's right. the same thing with slow jigging it's people like more finesse and some people just want to be an animal with it and you can do you can mm-hmm. do either way yeah find nice. what works find what works are we gonna see you guys at shows coming up? Yeah, we were just talking about that earlier today. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna see what we can make happen. Definitely exploring nice. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cast next year, maybe. Whoa, that's a step up than what yeah, I was thinking. But yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> home runs. Yeah. PCS. PCS would be really nice to be at. That's what we've been talking about and having a presence there. Um, we did a little local show earlier this year and went really well. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. There's nice. a there's a lot of opportunity out there to 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 show people what to, what that's going on with this, and I think that actually one of the best things right now is that uh, Muto is going on charter boats and chartering his own trips. Don't you? You have a trip coming up, don't you? Yeah. At Malahini. 
September nice. 24th. So they just started a whole boat and Very cool. sold tickets and the oh, guys yeah. are coming on board. It's cool. What, what is it uh, called? Huh? What is it called? Submission at Sea. And how many tickets did you get? Or well, it sold? Um, I think like 32. And they're filled? Like so it's yeah, sold Yeah, it's like one or two spots, maybe, I think. Oh, wow. you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And cool. they and and uh, you know most people are going to be on there because they've either seen Muto's jigs, fished it, or know Muto, and they're going to want to learn more. And I think it's a great resource to go out there it, and find cool, out. Yeah, it's community based people. A lot of the right. guys that are part of the community and are in the chat, like on the YouTube show and stuff like that. Right. So they were super pumped. I mm-hmm. want to do somewhere we can all hang out, right? Like you see these guys so supportive, like online and stuff like that. They've been buying jigs and they show up every time on the the show and i know a lot of these guys in person and i'm just like them doesn't do likes to fish you know so mm-hmm. getting us together in like a, a charter boat i think it's be cool it's, it's cool hanging out with these with these guys you want to set up a booth at our toy drive yeah december 10th at bns brewery i'm down oh yeah cool yeah, that'll be good yeah that'd nice. be awesome yeah, yeah. that's love the, to have C- you out it's there. also a cca um um partnership with that right yes correct yep both podcasts putting it on oh both of them at the same time both of them so you wait it'll be be a collaboration type thing okay yeah nice i mean for for those that haven't figured it out yet uh, doc talk and and cca (laughs) not the same podcast but same kind of people you know same operation (laughs) so might as well do it together the quality's uh, there you know it's it's two different podcasts too so it is and there's a lot more time invested with, you know, learning about people's personalities on a different level with Doc Talk. So yeah, <laughs> for, yeah sure. for sure, for sure. Well, anything new and exciting? Are these first off? Are these five and six hundred grams available yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're available in stores. In stores. In stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have a website too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've got like a submissionfishing.com. Okay. So I've got hats, apparel. I've got jigs. You know, we've got Incense. just a, a limited. Limited run of the jigs. You know, most of them are going to the stores at this point, but yeah, pick some up. If you want a really good, and I don't know how long you're actually going to make this product, but I'm going to put it out there. Um, he makes a really good gel scent. Oh, the scent. The scents, man. They're that's so a whole, good. That's a whole other story. Really? The shrimp and the squid. Oh, but the shrimp is just. I'll, I'll make it really quick. So when I first started the whole submission fishy thing, it was because I was making the scent. Um, oh, so the scent was before well, the yes, jigs. Yes, I, I brine this bait into, into salt. <laughs> And then I put it in, and I, so I made the scent. But then I found slow pitch jigging, and I still make the scent, but I like I kind of abandoned the scent because <laughs> it's still there. It's still people still. I totally forget about that, which is a shame because it's so. Good. That's what started it all. This whole company, Submission Fishing, was started because I was making the scent. When you told uh, me, and then it was the. When you told me how you make jigs. it, I was like, dude, just. I need it like yeah. that. The way you, how organically you make <laughs> this so stuff. Funny. It's, yeah. It's what? literally the hippiest, it's the hippiest scent I've ever yeah, ever. It's because so I, I started fishing plastics. Right. I, I kind of got away from plastic, so I, I, the scent like kind of took the back seat, you know, which right. it, which is a shame because it, I really got to revive that. I still make it. It's not like it's dead. I just I don't push it like I should. Yeah. It's so good stuff, speaking though. as someone who who's never used scent before, That's why pretty. why fish with scent? Um, I think it just gives you the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, why not fish with scent? It's we do like I would brine bait, like real bait and salt, mm-hmm. and then the salt kind of disperses it. That was the whole theory, and it disintegrates it, like makes yeah, it into it, the it scent. Disintegrates it, then it was I was getting killed on on it's, plastics with that stuff. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, and then, I, then I started slow fish jigging, and then I was like, I just stopped fishing <laughs> plastics, and then it was like. <laughs> 
It was a shame, man. That's it. So if you want sense, we got that other site too. So okay. shrimp and cool. squid, the shrimp for the bay in the harbors yeah. inshore somewhat too. And then that squid is great inshore and offshore. It's just good stuff, but well, different. the shrimp would be great for there. the, the rockfish. Mm. Yeah. Sheephead. Sheephead would. Yeah. Well, Muto, I am currently on your website right now, putting in an order. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. No, oh, thank you. It's uh, it's gonna be good. I'm gonna get some rainbow rolls and definitely get on, get in on some of these bigger ones, and it'll be fun. It'll be fun, especially not so much right now, but like in the springtime when the when the big bluefin come back, yeah, hopefully. Heck yeah. And um, and you know, this is gonna be awesome. I think sooner. You know that tanner bite when it goes off. And oh, those that's things true. Are lined yeah. up out there. You think it'll be night fishing too? Oh my God, they're already going to be doing it. They've been doing it. They 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 haven't stopped. It's just that now there's a spread of the fish activity. Now you have fish foaming. Now you have fish getting on the troll. Now you can do kite fishing. But at night, what are you going to do? You're going to be fishing a jig. That's not, the only thing you're going to be doing. Not sleeping and sinker. But that no one's going to like comparatively when they're running around looking for rolling around looking for fish and they stop. Again, you have seconds to put something in the water to get that bite. And it could be a 300-pound fish. Like, there's a lot of big fish that are landed at night. A lot. And it's, it's historically been true. Speaking of Tanner, a golden opportunity, Darren, to go fish Tanner. I don't know if we're going to do it, but Charter Challenge. Oh. It's a two-day trip. Yes, and typically, is. typically the last two years, well, year prior to that, and then last year we would have had the weather not um, shut us down, Tanner Bank. October. October. Mm. That's a good time. It's coming. Yeah. Those fish like to bite there. And, and they're big. Yeah. And there's still spots available. Can you believe that? Muta, well, you want to come? Yeah. Right. Hey, and, the, and, the, and the price right now on a two-day on these boats, we lock them in way before the fuel went up. So, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. they're they're pretty good compared to what's... six fifty per person. Whoa. Meals included. What's a two-day going for right now? I don't know. Above Both, eight. Like nine. Yeah. Yeah. Nine yeah. So definitely have to get your spot on there and fast because they are running quick. But how do people do that? CCACalifornia.org. You mm. just go on, uh, you click on the charter button under events, and they're all right there. We've got the Ocean Odyssey, which I know you're going to be on. Yep. We've got the Tomahawk, which I'm sure you're probably going to be on. San Diego, right? That's yep. the representation there. Yeah. And then the Fury out of uh, Dana Wharf. That's a good boat, too. Yep. Yeah. And the Pride out of uh, 22nd Street. It's also a good boat, nice. too. And they've been hammering sea bass. Oh, my gosh. Sean has been on fire. It's crazy. Yeah. Some of those photos, you're just like, your eye pops out. You're like, that's nuts. They're all above 40, 50 pounds, and you're just looking at a boat full of them, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not often that you get that kind of bite. So He called me the other day, and he was like, dude, you need to get on this trip. Didn't you guys have a charter trip with Copes? Didn't CCA partner with that, or am I wrong? We we did, but we ended up uh, canceling it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but he he still was like, "Dude, come, we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get him," hmm. and then work on the way. That's okay. Did you didn't so you didn't go? No, I didn't. He did. He did. Did they catch fish that day? Oh my God! Hey, what, <laughs> does that make you just <laughs> wallowing grief right now? What, I, what did I miss out on on the bass trip last weekend? Uh, hold on a minute. It's been a blur. Just give me a second. <laughs> Are you talking about which bass trip? The uh, on the um, the sun fun. Yeah, I didn't go. No, it was. Oh, just I thought me. you were. No, I you did. dude, I've been working, man. Oh. I can you believe it? Me working, not fishing. 
I've actually, when did I last fish? I got to think about this. I think it was Arizona. I went out and visited Taipan, which I'm also going to be repping. And, nice. Congratulations, um, by the way. Thank you. I'm really, big very, deal. very, very stoked on That's that. That's a big deal. It is. It's a very big it? deal. Taipan. Taipan made in USA, okay? It's not made in Taiwan. It's Taipan. It's the most world's most venomous snake. Taipan. And you're representing the snake? I'm representing the snake. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? Well, so why, Darren? Well, I don't know what it is. We will get a Simon to come and defend himself amongst the sick-minded people on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so it's really an interesting operation. Do you need to go back in your cage? Man. No, I, I, I want to <laughs> tell me. I don't know what Taipan. What is it? So Taipan rods—they're made in Arizona. Oh, okay. They're fishing rods. Oh, gotcha. So he makes blanks. He makes fully built rods. Um. He makes them in the facility that he has. So he does not get them made overseas. He builds the blanks. He U.S. made. U.S. made blanks. Builds the component. He has the components. He grabs the components for most people, except for maybe the handle stuff. Um, and then builds them up. And he's a very, he's actually a very well-known blank manufacturer, come to find out when I visited him. And he's very reputable. Has good history in the industry with another company. Um, Brand at, at one point in, in his earlier in his career. Anyways, going down that road, we sealed the deal. I got to go fish in Arizona. It was super hot. I don't know how often you guys fish in like 110 degree weather in Arizona. Only Dude, once. it's a dry it like, heat. It was like 120, but it's murder. It terrible. What do they say? It's a dry heat. It's yeah. so hot. It's like you swear they say devil's anus. Is that what? You <laughs> yeah. Earlier, yeah. Okay, so this might be hotter than that. It's like on, on a hot Cheeto day, okay? This so, episode took a turn for the worst. Literally, the dark turn. Uh, sorry, but sorry. Um, I had to put my phone in the cooler with ice in it. Oh, shit. I'm not kidding. I had oh, my, my phone was so hot I couldn't take video or nothing, so I had to put the phone in the ice chest to cool it down. So, wow. Yeah. He fishes out there. He's hardcore, man. Like He fishes bass. He's, doing, uh, he's part of the club tournaments. Anyways... We have to have his own show for that stuff, but um, I'm, I'm sure that one day we'll, we'll get some bass fishing out there with Muto doing some deep water bass fishing in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Freshwater slow pitch. So speaking of fishing, you said that there's a couple spots left or no spots left on that Malahini trip? I think there were a few. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Bill's a good guy, too. Yeah. I like Bill. I have him on my show, too. So Slow pitch or die. Well, how much is that trip? Uh, 300 bucks. Nice. You get jigs. You get a shirt. I had a custom-made shirt with the logo. It's badass. It's super cool. Uh, you get day on the trip. We're going to have raffles. So it's kind of like an event, too. It's not just perfect. We're going out fishing. It's like... It's I don't even know if I have together. a spot. I don't even know if I have a spot. Yeah, you have a spot. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> slow pitch or, no, slow pitch or die. You're not going to come because of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Muto, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for coming yeah, in, thanks man. Thanks for this having me, cool. dude. It's been awesome. Yeah, one really more time. It. How do we get your jigs? How do we follow you on YouTube? When's your show? All that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, um, Submission Fishing on YouTube, on Instagram, obviously Submission Fishing. You can buy the jigs, submissionfishing.com, um, Tackle Express right now. Get them at um, Hogan's. We just give them a few and then Shark Bait. So those guys are early supporters, some of the first. So thank you very much, guys. Go out there and buy those jigs from them. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I learned quite a bit on slow pitch chicken today. Good. Yeah. Me oh. too. You too? I did. Oh. I always learn. Then my job is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Education, man. Oh, man. Muto, thank you so much, thank man. You. I appreciate I really it. appreciate it. Darren, as always, another fascinating episode. Kevin, you too, man. It's good to see you again. Good I know to see you. 
we kind of took a little hiatus and all that, but I did. Uh, you're back. You didn't. You've been busy. Yeah. Well, you've been busy, too. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. Once again, make sure to follow us on Instagram at uh, podcastdoctalk. Also, uh, go visit our merch store at uh, podca- or doctalkpodcast.com. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.